Oh, I feel spaced out. Oh, shit. Spaced out, spaced out. Just, did I get born under an unlucky star or something like that? It sometimes feels like that. What do you think the star or the planets have any kind of influence on our kind of miserable state we have right now? Or I'm skeptical, to be honest. I mean, I believe more like, yes, they have an influence on us, like the stars, the moon, the energetic fields that they are creating, of course. But I don't think the star sign itself is accurate enough to really decide how we, our future, kind of. Yeah, it's a, but it's ancient information, Info, ancient, it's ancient knowledge, like uh, something that made the uh, New Age people make a lot of money on wondering about the stars and the universe, something we should do I'm as also, existential human beings by ourselves. I'm also wondering, that's why I can't believe in just the star signs, no? No, but uh, do, did you do a lot of research on it? I did not have to. I was born in Libra. That was enough. I, I'm, I'm a Gemini and since I've been annoyed by hippies telling me how I should be or not, depending on my star system, it kind of pushed me away from the whole idea about what the stars could or could not do to me. Uh, we got to, to uh, talk to Dylan that is making a book about uh, the star system about uh, astrology or how the universe or uh, how the planets can influence us or not and i'm interested in can i get m more attractive from knowing which day to go out in which time under which star if i like masturbate in front of venus or something like that will i then attract more women can i can i harvest this power from the universe uh, into my sexuality and my penis. Yes, I think so. I think full moon is a good day to go out. Even if it's more violent on full moons, they claim. And more blood, more and more blood coming out of vaginas, like women but, with bleeding vaginas. But they heard people are more horny on full moon. Okay, yeah, so, okay, full moon. sleepless, they cannot sleep, so they're just going out because they can't sleep. I don't know. So there you see, we are influenced somehow by something, by, by the moon, uh, definitely. So, uh, let's see, uh, maybe he can uh, teach us a little bit about how to take the stars and the universe more serious. I mean, it was magical how we met. I don't remember which star sign it we met him under, but... We actually have him, had him here live in our studio. Yes, we had him live in our studio. So happy birthday to Dylan and to all uh, possibilities that happens because we step out of our bed a little bit earlier or a little bit later based on which stars that are rising in the horizon that day. And uh, we will have a great universal starry birthday. Happy birthday, Dylan. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's a great day. Tired today. It's like 
I took some... Talk for yourself. Well, I took a plant yesterday that made me tired. Um, maybe it's a bad moon. Or like the stars. The stars are going in some kind of crazy constellation kind of bullshit that makes it influence my... It's not Venus that always is in the wrong place and make everything, or Mars or something that everybody <laughs> blames all the time for their bad luck. Yeah, uh, Mars. Okay, I don't know. Uh, uh, I just uh, know we, we we need to learn about it. I know if we are influenced by the stars in so many crazy ways, it's kind of important to know a little bit about it. No, maybe we could use it to like. I'm not going out today, kind of. It's like fuck that shit. It's like today all the bad shit will happen for sure. And today I will get fucked if I go out today at two o'clock exactly, then two steps down on the nearest powerful stars and the wait five minutes goes left. And finally we got ourselves a winner, as promised in episode eight Confusion, that the listener who sent in their most crazy sexual experience would get a fuck for forest poster with the sexist motive of heterosexuals hippies fucking. And the winner is the linguist, also a fuck for forest activist who sent in his own erotic photos. And I will now send a poster to him. If you want to hear the whole story, it's a little bit long so I will not read it up now. But if you stay tuned and listen to the whole end of this podcast, you will be able to listen to it afterwards. So stay tuned. Happy birthday! Or some, something like that. Can you use this? Therefore we got like a astronomical expert or an expert on star constellations and how it influences you. Here in our um, studio. Um, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, so, uh, okay. What, what, okay, my, we have to take this all again because that's my microphone is not working. Fuck that. Well, but you must have heard yourself Yeah, I heard speaking. myself in his microphone. You see, thank you for this great, amazing setup you made, Lena. <laughs> wow, uh, it was better than yours, at least. What? It was great. Uh, okay, yeah, that all we said was, doesn't make, was not usable at all anymore. Uh, okay, so, yeah, yeah. blame it on the stars. Uh, yeah, I blame it on the stars. So I, blame it, I blame it on the stars. So we are, like, here trying to figure out how much stars influence us or how much it influence our technical equipment because... I see that many times my computer just don't, it just stops working by, by me touching it. And I always thought that could be something with the stars and the star constellations doing that shit to me. Or I meet those people that fucks my life up totally. Like if I would have go- taken that shit in another time, if I would have shitted five minutes longer, <laughs> that would have like kind of changed my whole future development of my life. That's something you should think about when you're on toilet, kind of like this, this mm. shit influence the rest of my life forever. But can, can we then like, use the stars as an indication to learn ourselves how to shit in the right time? In the shit time continuum. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's why we have now a star uh, constellation expert here. Uh, how, how does the stars influence you or, uh, when you should shit or not? Can you use the stars to, to, to influence your life? Well, my hypothesis or my my idea behind my book is that basically the stars are not directly influencing us in terms of like some energy coming from them. 
but it's more about the way that our brains and our unconscious minds evolved to interpret them as part of the universe that surrounds us. Okay, so, yeah, well, first, for now we get into symbolism or yeah. something like that. And before that, what's your symbolic name and uh, role here on this yeah. planet Earth? Yeah, so my name is uh, Dylan Lorenzo. Um, my role here on this Earth is many. I'm a musician, I'm a father, I'm a writer, um, I'm a traveler. Um, I've done millions of different odd jobs, but mostly I've just spent my life trying to learn everything I can because I think that life is fucking weird and fascinating, um, and I I have an innate desire to just understand more. So <laughs> yeah, and, and you feel like this learning things makes you understand more, or uh, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it has the opposite effect of confusing even more. But that's also part of the. The fun of it too, you know. For me, it just had that opposite effect, basically, to just confuse more. But I have no <laughs> other, I like, I have no other choice. That, like drugs or suicide is the only way to get away from it, kind of, <laughs> or is it like kind of forced to learn? So then I'm like, okay, maybe we learn on the wrong way. If you know, have some keys, like some secret uh, secrets of the universe, maybe you would keep it for yourself to just get fucked more. But now you say you're father, so you're probably like stuck in an emotionally less. <laughs> sad relationship fighting about bullshit every day so that that's when you start to get interested in the stars so did you have a interest before you got no, the family i i got interested in in astrology first um so when i was a kid my mother was really into astrology and she was always you know using it as an excuse like um oh you're just that sweet sensitive cancer dylan like you know i'm sorry those kids picked on what stuff like that and i always thought it was kind of bullshit i was like ah oh, fuck that like your mother said yeah. like you the, the, the kids picked on you and beat you up because you were born under the wrong star yeah, or you yeah. went <laughs> or you were like doing something in the wrong star yeah. night or something like that. <laughs> Shit. Okay, that i mean she was sweeter dry. about it than that but in in, in yeah in essence yeah. But but I, I totally rejected it. And then when I was in like community college, I I just got interested in, in psychology and in mythology and started to notice through reading people like Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell that there were all of these astrological ideas that my mother had talked to me about when I was a kid popping up in, in these people's works. Um, and and that was the first time where I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. And I've, I've been in every angle of astrology. I've, I've dived... To, like so deep into it that I believe everything that's written about it and and other times I've I've rejected any sort of like spiritual or energetic side of it or um, and after many years of, of yeah like looking into it I realized that I had some some unique ideas and people told me I should try to find a, a platform to share them more so so basically who told you this like esoteric hippies or <laughs> or like normal people that actually know like it's not just totally into conspiracies and <laughs> en energies can change your life and heal cancer and so it, it might do you know i i'm not totally 100 percent against that there are some things we don't know about like a mystical yeah. side of reality or something or just like an undiscovered side of yeah. reality we didn't figure it out scientifically we don't have any names on it some kind of uh, cause and effect uh, structure in the universe some kind of maybe the stars have some kind of magnetic influence on you but yeah you you're telling your your terrorists to people and they tell you like wow this is revolutionary <laughs> stuff like uh, how how can i get more 
pussy. How can I uh, <laughs> get more attracted to women by using the stars and therefore also save more nature with our project for, for forest.org? <laughs> well, uh, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to find yeah. the key here now, the secrets of the universe. Uh, if 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 it's about yeah attracting women or something like that, I think like astrology is is uh, very popular with women. In fact, I think in general anything spiritual, esoteric, religious um, tends to be more popular with women. Um, like the majority of people attending church now are are women, not men. So Things say, like that. So say, oh, not my fuck this, Leona. The microphone again. This is the. Un- you don't hear, you have to, t- you don't hear because you don't have the, I should fucking hear it. Yeah. I'm like, Adolf Hitler was born in Taos, Stalin in Sagatares, Mussolini, Leon, Napoleon, too. Kim Jong-un, Capricorn, Vladimir Lenin, Taos, Francisco Franco, Sagatares, and Augusto Pinochet too. Kim Jong-un Capricorn, Vladimir Putin, Libra, just like me. Don't, don't I sound a little bad that I, his microphone catch it so when, I can still When you fix it. it, I can hear you better, but it also sounds fine. I yeah, just it just sounds like it with yeah. echo or something. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, okay, this is the, if I was doing this like in a different way, I would have like done some steps extra, like four steps extra to the left or something like that. (laughs) And then I could have avoided technical problems or, (laughs) or is it human error or can I blame everything on the universe? (laughs) I don't think you can blame everything on the universe unless, unless you see the universe as an extension of yourself and then you blame yourself. Um, Not that always blaming yourself is the healthiest thing but that taking responsibility usually just solves problems quicker at least so you can't blame it on venus or mars or anything like this uh you can like the the idea behind what i'm getting into is that like you can blame it on the way that your mind was constructed to view those things so like maybe venus is where it is but venus itself as as a as an isolated entity isn't the problem it's maybe perhaps the way that you're thinking about it and the fact that it's passing in the sky is sort of reminding you you know like so hey i'm here like, so it doesn't have some superpowers that drags the water I don't know. up in the well, sky just like, well, and the, the, the moon <laughs> the moon do have superpowers that do influence yeah. your menstruational cycle and the full like tide and like this shit when the water goes up and down and it do influence the planet the planet for sure that it does yeah. but then some people say that the the moon is like made by crazy scientists yeah. from Nazi Germany, and maybe that's maybe it's a big experiment. We still don't know. But if the, I is think the moon is older than Nazi yeah, exactly. Germany, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I'm just mentioning it. But what if the, yeah. the moon is like some kind of spinning uh, uh, rock there that influenced the gravity of our planet, and yeah. maybe also smaller elements like smaller stars, smaller elements, other planets could influence us no? yeah they could but it, it depends on on what your parameters are from from my perspective it's like i don't know any of that stuff there's there's like like you say that there's this side of the universe that's unknown i think it's actually the vast majority of it is that you know there's the material universe we can see but there's obviously so much more but i i i like the idea of of focusing on utility like um what what works what 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 can we use right here right now 
to learn more about ourselves, to improve our lives, to I don't know, discover what we can. So you know? it's basically like a self self help uh, book then. It could be looked at that way, yeah, for sure. I, I probably actually yeah, that's actually the, the 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 most general way that you could put it would be that it is a self help book. So yeah. Like a psychology of the stars. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Why have you sent me too far up above the world too high? Make me feel I want to die. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Evil little thing you are. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, the, the word I use is, is phenomenology, like um, that our brains are constructed to interpret natural phenomena happening around, happening around us through a like a Jungian archetypal or mythological lens that that that's how we come to understand it better. So what's your favorite star constellation or hmm. planet or um, when I was a kid, we, you know, growing up in the States, we learn a lot about um, slavery. And because of that, uh, the Big Dipper has always been my favorite constellation, um, which the is Big Dipper. Yeah, it's, it's a part of the constellation um, Ursa Major. Um, or Ursa Mayor, um, it's it's a, the big bear. Um, it's a small, mm. or it's, it's it's one part of it, and it, it looks like a like a ladle that you would you know scoop soup out of a out of a pot with. What's the um, most sexy constellation? Probably Aquarius. Um, that, that's why the hippies sing about it all, yeah. all the time. Like the age of Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> it's not now. I think this is the age. Of, what's the war constellation? Is it any war constellation? Um, you could say Aries uh, as the war constellation, or the other constellations that are connected to the fire signs, like Leo or Sagittarius, probably. Uh, and what about Venus? Venus always get like blamed for shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's like become also even like a symbol of the fem feminine. Yeah. Why? Venus is, I think it's probably the, in my, from, from my opinion, it's the coolest star. Um, so in, in astronomical terms, Venus um, orbits the sun inside of the Earth's orbit. So, you know, the sun is in the middle, then there's Mercury, Venus, and then the Earth is outside of those ones. Venus and, and Mercury are inside. And because of that, from our perspective, Venus and Mercury will always be very close to the sun. They'll never be on the opposite side of the Earth from the sun. And that means that you can only really see them uh, at, at the times of the sun rising or the sun setting. And that's why Venus became known as the morning star, which... That you know, also is like Satan, Lucifer, yeah. Lucifer. That basically is a wrong translation in the Bible, I heard. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a mishmash of a bunch of different characters from, from Greek and Hebrew and other Semitic and, and Mesopotamian mythologies, this Lucifer character. He's, he's very cool. He's, he's my favorite mythological character. So. <laughs> <laughs> and exists in many different cultures. Yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, so, so you started this book. Uh, how many pages you wrote? One, two? Uh, right now, I am um, almost to 200 pages in like a Word document. Um, and I think, I can't even remember now, but like around 80 to 90,000 words. And I feel like I'm maybe halfway. And how um, many star constellations do you know? 
I I mostly know the constellations of the zodiac, um, which are the so like there's this if, if if you were to track the movement of the planets and the sun and the moon every night, you would sort of come up with this vague line that they move across the sky um, along, and uh, the constellations that fall along that line are the are the zodiac, or that's Greek for animals. Um, and that's the ones that we are born in different that is actually it's different the the constellations are different from the signs the, the signs represent more like the idea of like a month you know so mm. so you know around um march 21st uh, what it can be the 20th 21st 22nd but around that time always begins the sign aries and it lasts about 30 days until april 20th but so that that never changes because they're they're matched to the seasons and the cycle of the seasons but the constellations they slowly shift um, in the sky backwards if you're if you're if you're thinking of the perspective of following the planets they shift in the opposite direction um, over they, they create they, they complete one cycle around every 24,000 years um, wow yeah and that's that's because when the earth is orbiting the sun it's sort of wobbling back and forth and it doesn't have this perfect balanced orbit it's sort of like you know shaking in a way um, and that means that, you know, spring, March 21st of this year, the Earth is actually in relation to the sun in a different position than it was March 21st, 2000 years ago. Um, so the seasons won't change. That will that will fall along the same cycle, but its placement in space will change. Really? I thought yeah. it was all the time on the same thing. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should be confused. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make it less confusing. And that, that's where I want to get into the like a little bit more annoying part of this also. Go for the, it. <laughs> the star signs. Yeah, I, I have a lot of like fluffy hippie friends telling me that I should be in certain type, type of person or like certain <laughs> type of things because I was born in June. Uh, <laughs> that means that I'm a Gemini and I'm like, yeah. Okay, I do feel like a very conflicted person. I do feel like I have like two very clear personalities. One that really want to love everyone and mm. one that really want to just kill everyone in a very, yeah. <laughs> very like horrible way, actually. Like, <laughs> like, and the other side is like super like peace everywhere in the world, like everyone loving each other. And so maybe, I, I don't know, maybe that's just a coincidence. I never did research on, because you said that you got pissed off by your hippie mother, like, <laughs> like try to like put everything into some kind of universal plan that every little detail is following the, the stars and the sun and the universe. So I'm like, okay, where is, where is this from? Where is, you know, where is yeah. from the, the star signs, which culture does this come from? So uh, the historical record tells us that it was the Babylonians that invented the um, zodiac, the, the modern system of the zodiac. But, you know, it, it's not really fair to say that because every single culture around the world has had a, a sense of constellations, um, the idea of constellations, of seeing shapes in the stars and and finding meaning in them and using them uh, for tracking the seasons and cycles. If, if we're speaking very literally about the Western system of what's called the tropical zodiac, um, then yeah, that, that came from ancient Mesopotamia. There was influence from the Sumerians and the later Akkadian um, and Assyrian empires, but the, 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 the most concrete basis of that system is the Babylonians. And these people knew everything. No? They knew a lot. They, they were figuring out some very complex mathematics um, 
all in relation to astronomy. They were they were big time astronomers. They and they were, were not assholes. Like uh, for us sure they humans. were. Uh, for sure they were. They were they were horrible. Like the whole history of astronomy is mired with the history of like priests priesthoods that are subjugating people through you know irrational esoteric knowledge. Um, making them believe that they're horrible people and that they need to sacrifice everything to them to, to in order to save themselves. Like. Yeah, because I many, because uh, sorry, yeah. because many times I get the feeling that like also some alternative people uh, that is looking back to these ancient civilizations and stuff is a little bit like. Uh, my romanticized father, yeah, yeah like, like my father that like to collect old stuff like sometimes he likes that old stuff more than the new stuff and I can understand because the new stuff suck also yeah. but we were not there in that time to see how much it sucked in that yeah. time <laughs> and if we, if we gave those people some modern devices would they be conscious enough to not abuse them like we are doing and I'm like yeah it looks always like if it's old then back in time where we can talk to the people about how it really was then it's like uh, super conscious, uh, very esoteric information about, but I don't know how they would have seen our type of science kind of also like the modern human also discovered a lot of shit, didn't yeah. make them better. They would have seen it as magic, I think. It's it's the it, like they, that even was how astrology was used a lot of times was these priests that were the main astronomers would you know they could they could mathematically figure out when the next eclipse could be and then they would time an important event like that like if there was some sort of you know like uprising or something everyone's getting pissed at the establishment and they are at the priests you know doors all the time the priest would say okay we'll we'll talk with you on this day and they would time it with the eclipse and then and then while they're talking everyone would be yelling and then the eclipse would happen and the priest would say see see what you did you made the eclipse happen you blotted out the sun because you questioned our authority you know like i, I actually yeah. have that experience in chichen itza because i was there on the, when this big uh, on the solist when uh, it's supposed to the snake is coming down with a shadow play on the pyramid because yeah. they constructed it in an uh, that way that exactly at the, that time time of the year the sun will hit the pyramid and make this snake climbing down on the side that is pretty good made in a in a architecture kind yeah. of way and but I, then i realized like everyone's so like hypnotized by the shadow that is basically just like understanding like uh, physics and uh, before the mayas the most important thing for the mayas was the cenotes where most of the like uh, shamans or the um, spiritual people went to pray about the big water the cave uh, cave system that mm -hmm. is here in mexico and uh, in the time where when this uh, everyone was praying to that snake that uh, shadow com coming down i got kind of like uh, feeling too hyped there. It felt like a big festival with white dressed people like snake, snake. <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is too religious for me. Yeah. So I went to the cenote. What happened was that everyone was in and looked at the pyramid in that time. And the feeling in the cenote was extremely mystical. And then I got like, hmm, did the priest just make this shit to like get all like the mainstream people, like kind of like modern religion, no? Like, yeah. oh, look at this, oh, ha, ha, ha. And they, they can kind of uh, kind of enjoy yeah. the cenote by themselves. I was sitting there watching uh, like uh, beautiful animals, feeling the energy, masturbating a little <laughs> bit, focusing on my sexual magical energy. And it was like, that was the conclusion I got that a lot of this stuff is made as an illusion. Yeah, totally. That's, uh, I mean, that, that, that's one of the things I love about um, authors like Ayn Rand is like, they talk about how historically 
esotericism is is it's more a monopoly on the connection to God or to the spirits or whatever you want to call it. It's a monopoly on those things to manipulate people, and that what we what we need to be doing is working on freeing ourselves from that. And so, so knowledge is power. So that's what yeah. you're doing now with your book, or yeah. you are just trying. You're yeah, trying like, so, to get so back to that again. You're just trying to get more attention, or you really <laughs> feel humanity needs this, or you just it's just that you want I, to get fucked, or but, <laughs> or uh, yeah. What's your intention behind this uh, working with this uh, giving humanity this information? That so my my general moral philosophy in life is that freedom is good. Um, that it 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 invites uh, chaos that can be destructive, but that's better than the alternative, which is um, hyper-ordered, tyrannical um, societies that base- essentially make life not worth living, because you take out all of the the things that make life enjoyable. And the the interesting thing about the history of astrology is that very slowly over time, the thing that kept astrology alive was appealing more and more to individuals. And that's not to say that there certainly wasn't many astrologers throughout history using it to um, to subjugate people or to get in bed with the governments of their time, but that what what kept astrologers working was people just interested in what's going on in their lives, um, and that speaks to me of the the idea of individual sovereignty and individual power, and I think that my approach to astrology. Um, contributes to that that uh, heritage in that sense. You know, you know that some some people lost their life also in that process. I got killed. They said like the Earth was round or something mm. like some simple as astrological shit. Is like claiming something else that we're not the center of everything, mm. <laughs> and then like church kills you. You're not afraid that. Uh, maybe your information is so powerful i don't know your information yet <laughs> so but maybe like maybe it bitch slap humanity in a way that makes like revenge get if, this guy if people don't get upset by this then i will be disappointed <laughs> that sounds cool sounds yeah. like something we should read on Leona, yeah. you had a question before i i was thinking about like which uh system of like this like we have here like the different like uh european like what you said i don't remember what you said tropical zodiac tropical zodiac and then you have the chinese one and then you have the maya one then you have the azteca one which one do you think is the most accurate i think that they're all accurate um because of the, the fact that they speak in archetypal language i'm just most familiar with western tropical Zodiac, that that tradition. Um, and I think that if you come from a Western background, it, that's probably going to be the one that makes the most sense to you because it's dealing in your heritage and your ancestry's um, myth- mythos. I find it so simple. Like we are all divided in only in 12 different groups and that yeah. is going to like identify us the rest of our life well humans are simple you know? we are like a lot of the stuff that we, we it's that's the ego trying to develop and we're trying i think we're trying to be more that we are and in the end humans are, are representing like it's also the tarot co- card are representing different archetypes of human psychology mm. something uh, jung was talking about also uh, that in connection with with symbolism that uh, we are actually not we are complicated if you see it in a complicated way but if you narrow it da- down and find the, the similarities you can find out that there are similarities that many times cross over each how other how many cards is there in a tarot card it's 22 architects yeah it's at least mm. a little bit more than 12 it's a double <laughs> <laughs> well so 
like I, I to, to me it's interesting because like human beings are creatures living in a in a crazy chaotic universe and sure we understand a lot about ourselves in material terms but like there's a lot more about ourselves that we don't understand and and i think you know when when we reduce it to terms it, in a sense you could say that's simplifying but calling us simple or calling us complicated is always just like focusing on one facet of existence you know and, and you can make a solid case for human beings being simple if you if you know your stuff and, and you have evidence and stuff or you can make a case for them being complicated and it's it's but it's it's like trying to to me it's like trying to talk about god and it's like well i mean you're going to use three you're going to use words that came out of a three-dimensional material wor world to talk about something that exists beyond three dimensions in an immaterial world it's sort of like okay i mean we can do we can do that for fun i guess but we're not going to really be accurate in any sense of the word you but know, it's, it's poetry and it's somehow, yeah. it, as i think that's, that's what astrology is too is, is a form of poetry i think this 27th of january i will dedicate to the hungarian poet and journalist andre andy who died on the 27th of january maybe because of the stars maybe because of this day he was born, he was cursed, he would anyway die there, whatever he did in his fucking life, nothing matter, anyway, he died. Thank you, Andre Andy, for your great poetry. Yeah. yeah, but many people take it very serious. I know people that don't like, oh, so you're a, you're a Scorpion. Okay, I don't do very good with Scorpions, <laughs> so it's better that we don't talk to each yeah. other. Yeah, my wife That's is a like, Scorpion. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, have, I, I don't think I experienced the pattern. Well, I did have some problem with scorpions, but then it's like, I get confused by it when people go around like, yeah, you know, like scorpions are like this and uh, you know, like Geminis are like this. And mm -hmm. you never really had time to really de do your deep research on it. And you're gonna get colored by that. It's like astrology has become like a part of our culture where yeah. you take up a normal, like kind of uh, mainstream newspaper. And it's just like, oh, today you're a Gemini. Oh, today you will find money on the street. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, cool. But, um, but a lot of it is like written in a very general way also like for example yeah. fortune tellers that is just saying a lot of many times when fortune tellers are like yeah they, they oh this person was right but it's like yeah but they were also wrong with a lot of stuff if you say a lot of shit and you have so many people in the world saying so much shit yeah. just on the kind of like randomness scale someone will be right on yeah. something they can prove like oh yeah look i have this direct experience yeah not many people know what astrology is really or how the stars are spinning or even the names like the modern humans especially before people use the stars to maneuver boats and to to, to read the future and yeah. they had the type of other type of relationship to the stars now it seems like it's became more like a what is called readers digest yeah. kind of version of uh, of astrology yeah well people don't look at the stars anymore is a big one and that's that's one of the, the 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 big premises of my book is that like the the idea behind astrology or how i approach it is that if you take the time to look at the sky every night and you watch the stars move you will essentially be triggering the same unconscious archetypes as characters in stories um, or as uh, in, uh, in art or music, these, these archetypal motifs that Jung talked about. Um, that if you watch the patterns of Venus and you integrate that into your being, it will remind you of characteristics of people in your life and you'll sort of 
mush that together into an abstract principle. And that's where the ideas of astrology came from. It's like this, uh, as above, so below kind yeah. of thing. Or it, and even even more so as below, so above. The above comes comes second. Like you are watching the stars, but you're experiencing life here first, and then you're drawing a connection to what's above you.
So people, you have to leave the cities because in the cities it's too much light and you will never <laughs> be able to see any stars. Maybe the moon if you're lucky. Well, depending, yeah, on your building and stuff, you should you should be able to see, I think, Venus and Mars and, and Jupiter. Um, Even from a big city. Yeah, they're very, very bright. They're like, um, you know, you can't always see Venus because sometimes it's obscured by the sun. Um, but uh, if you wake up early enough or if you stay for the sunset and you have a good view of the horizon, um, you should be able to spot it, I think, even in the cities. I, I've never lived in a city, so I don't know, but I do know that they're very bright. So mm, it also yeah. takes your focus away, the light. It's not only that you can't see it, it's like the light makes you not get attracted to yeah. that other type of light, so you forget to look for it. But it also is the big buildings yeah. all around that makes you not be able to see the travel. Pollution. Yeah. Pollution, <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, the, this... this mm, Part was part of our fantasy, a part of our, our way to wonder about life, our part to make stories and myths and the stars had a lot to do with that. But you say like, so your book is somehow like going deeper than the reader's digest type of uh, astrology or uh, that's what mm. you want to give back. It's more like a philosophical book or? Well, I, I, I sort of want to revitalize the the practice of astrology, because to me, what I see is that it's quite at risk right now because it, it is embroiled in the the ever divided state of the world of people being, you know, I'm I'm I believe this and, and anyone that doesn't believe I'm like a me Gemini and you're a yeah. <laughs> you're a crab. Yeah, that that even that even plays. It's into more it, funny yeah. stuff in the Chinese horoscope that have my like mouse and elephant yeah. and like other things. Yeah. Animals as well, like, you know, I mean, Gemini, it's hard to call that an animal, but but most of them are animals. And I think that the you can always draw connections to to some sort of animal, um, even if it's not even if it's not symbolically an animal normally. But uh, there, yeah, they have their story of it, too, with their own animals that came out of it and their own their their calendar was much more lunar. Um, so it's uh, it's their system is, is a bit different. It follows different cycles. But I think that it, it really beautifully reflects a lot of things about Eastern culture. Um, and I don't I, mean, I haven't dived too deeply into it. But um, from what I've seen is all from a Western perspective. And so then I'm noticing differences probably more than anything else. And but, the uh, Western part came from this bullshit Greek people or they, they were huge contributors to it. Yeah. Um, so the Babylonians really began this system. A lot of astronomical techniques developed by the Egyptians were incorporated when the Greeks um, took over Egypt. Um, and then the Greeks, the Greeks really championed this what's called horoscopic astrology, which is the astrology of the individual on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, prior to that, astrology was what's called mundane, which is all about large world events generally, generally related to the king and the state because um, they were the only people that could afford the priests. Do you, so. do you believe in aliens? Uh, I, I think it's sort of silly to suggest that there are not conscious life forms elsewhere in the universe. Um, doesn't really make sense to me. But it also doesn't make sense to me that those aliens would be interested in us really in any way other than than as like a like the way that we're interested in studying a life form you it's know like a comedy value yeah. humans are pretty stupid yeah <laughs> they can be like fuck this is the most stupid skis in the universe yeah. it's like sitcom for aliens other places in the world in the worlds outside ours there are yeah. people are sitting just laughing their ass off of human development yeah <laughs> you know like maybe it was even made by aliens as some kind of stupid comedy. Yeah. Like we're genetically manipulated to be just stupid, like a self-joke kind of. 
Yeah, I think that's that's one of the healthier ways to actually look at life on Earth, in my opinion, is like, you got to laugh at it a lot because otherwise it's too depressing, you know. <laughs> and you, you, you know, for example, the book of Enoch? I'm, yeah, familiar um, with at least at least in the way that it's presented in like alternative communities, this book of Enoch. I, I find it funny to read as uh, poetry. Uh, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm interested in like uh, old scriptures. I think people wrote before because you just get another perspective of their relationship to reality. Yeah. And the book of Enoch have a lot of like, kind of like esoteric uh, astrology connected to it. Yeah, people had the totally different relationship. People were so fucking bored. They didn't have PlayStation <laughs> back then. So they were kind of like uh, sitting, watching the sky, basically, yeah. with their sheep yeah. day after day, year after year yeah. after year. It's funny you say sheep. They actually think that the first Greek uh, astronomers were shepherds because, yeah, you have to hang out with your sheep all the time. And then you just end up looking up at the sky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then maybe yeah. some love making with the sheep. I don't know. It's like you're lonely <laughs> out there looking at the stars. You can get weird ideas. So, yeah, I, the, yeah the Greeks were were kind of like also uh, responsible for for a lot of like the modern school system and modern way of thinking. But I think like somewhere science and uh, and philosophy. It kind of separated because back then, when they were there uh, with their sheep, they were kind of like uh, also wondering like, what the fuck is life all about? Like, yeah. why I why am I here? I think also that was easier to think when you feel like lost and alone with your sheep out there in the <laughs> desert than when you sit with blinking lights and all kind of sitcoms and yeah. all kind of shitty weird computer games and that has kind of taken over all that wondering. Yeah. about nature and the universe and stuff. Maybe that has something to do with our disconnection of why we fuck up the planet and stuff also. I think I think partly, I, like, I think that no matter who you are, you're going to wonder about this stuff, but it's sometimes it's, 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 it's filtering more through the unconscious than through the conscious mind. Like I was someone that was so freaked out by life when I was a kid that I spent a lot of conscious time trying to think about it and figure stuff out and like, that that meant you know years of going into like horrible panic attacks thinking about death and stuff like that but um everyone thinks about this but i think that a lot of these things are like you say these video games that that entertain us they're they're distractions from that stuff so that it just it just passes through the unconscious and doesn't break through that barrier to the conscious mind and then you know a lot of for a lot of people they hit what is it 40 years old and then all of a sudden it breaks through and they have that midlife crisis and like if you don't spend that time thinking about that stuff, it's gonna hit you eventually. And, and the worst case scenario would be it hits you on your deathbed and then all of a sudden you're just utterly terrified for the last moments of your life, you know? It's, yeah. yeah, or or you're so lucky that the universe helps you and uh, fuck your life over, like you yeah. got by corona and uh, by not being uh, accepted in certain countries with your girlfriend that you have a baby with yeah. and now seeking refuge on a mountaintop that has a very, very cl uh, clear night sky when it's clear uh, and actually has been used as an astrological place for the stars. Yeah. So you actually have got that as a present now to yeah. have time to wonder about I, I would stars. not have started writing this book if if I had not had the troubles with immigration that I had it, it, that is for sure what happened tell us a little bit about that um, well basically I was um, living in Europe for a while um, and I was mainly living in Portugal I was helping my friend out with this um, great music project he has called the Groove House um, 
But I started to want to explore a little more. I went to a rainbow gathering. Um, the group yeah. is a little bit like yeah, it's a groovy place. Yeah. <laughs> is it like that the music or it's 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 a it's a guest house for musicians. Oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah, and so it's like a place to come and get like away from house. the city. <laughs> if you're a musician and music is your whore, then yeah, it is a whorehouse for sure. Um, but it's yeah to get away from the city and and um, really experience uh, the Portuguese countryside and and spend time with other musicians and get back in touch um, with the creative side of yourself. It's a magical, magical place. I am always looking back on that with the deepest, fondest memories. And and I I love Gennaro, the the man that started the project. Love him to death. Um, but yeah, I, I I wanted to travel a bit more too, and I went to a rainbow gathering in there. I met my wife, and she was uh, traveling in a hippie van, and we just ended up. And you saved her from the hippies? <laughs> no, they they sucked me in. Uh, <laughs> <Fuck> my <Yeah. laughs> but we we went all around Europe. We ended up in my wife's country, Sweden, um, and. Uh, I had some hash on me at this time, and um, I was going to volunteer at a music festival in Norway, uh, a metal festival. Um, and uh, in Fano or no? No, it was it was outside of Oslo. I don't remember exactly where, a smaller okay. a smaller place. But um, but uh, yeah, I just forgot that I had the hash on me, and I I, I was in my bag. Um, I also didn't have any. Uh, uh, like plastic to pay with at that time. I was I was living all on cash, and Scandinavia is slowly doing away with its cash system, and that meant that I couldn't buy things like um, train tickets or bus tickets at that time. And uh, so I was hiding in the bathrooms of the trains, uh, getting from place to place. Uh, so you were a fucking criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be that in Norway. Like they yeah. don't like that shit. They like like uh, Christian people yeah. and uh, uh, mass murderer, uh, ki child killer. That happened on my birthday, you know. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Okay, it happened just where my father lived, uh, yeah. like five, ten minutes from uh, where I grew up. Well. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it was kind of like a mayhem horror movie because it's like the place you could never experience or expect something like that will happen. So it was pretty shocking for the Norwegian mentality that never... Yeah. Well, the last time they experienced something scary was the black metal scene in the 90s, but since then, nothing. Yeah, but that just speaks so much to how... I, one of the things I think is an integral flaw with, with the Scandinavian system is how it thinks that it can create the perfect system. And, uh, it's the perfect system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so the perfect system is so fucking cold that no, Norway. <laughs> Norway is the perfect system because it's so cold that people don't want to really live there if you don't grow up there. That's it what I like, like about Scandinavia. Yeah. You can be so fucking alone yeah. and now killed off all the wolves and bears also. You can just walk outside without getting eaten. And that's like, that makes like people feel safe there. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and they're pointing the finger at everything dangerous outside. And we hate people yeah. when Ticks, we come to right? Norway if they don't have, yeah. if they're not, I don't know. Now I heard that Japanese don't have so much money anymore. So they're probably not welcome <laughs> in Norway anymore, but before they were. So, but okay. Uh, so the, your book is like 200, over 200 pages on uh, computer uh, written stuff. Yep. and. I hope you make some uh, backups on that. And yeah. uh, what uh, what is it? Is it like a 
entertaining story? Will I be bored about reading about this? <laughs> is it a mix of, I'll try to ask about that before, if it's like a mix of philosophy or is it yeah. just technical? I try, I really try to mix in everything. So I, I try to re retell old myths um, in my own language um, while, while staying as true to them as possible, not corrupting any elements of it. Um, and, but I also do like a little bit of reasoning and, and yeah, what I would call like lecturing, um, which, you know, maybe can be super boring for some people, but if you get through it, it's super rewarding. And there's, there is a maybe bit of my- Maybe you can put in some naked photos in between. <laughs> for sure, there will be like, um, you know, pictures of, of Babylonian goddesses like Ishtar. They, it's those like have to be naked. masturbate and think yeah. about this. You can have like, like these lessons, you know, like, yeah. okay, don't read further, take five minutes, <laughs> masturbate, focus on this idea, let it sink in. Yeah. So people have like some practical thing to digest information because that's many times with this kind of esoteric information or very, very like uh, concepts that people are not used to that they didn't get educated in school and things like this that they, they sometimes they can be confusing yeah if it comes from someone that is into it and uh, so are you making this book for a special scene that already is interested in this or is it like for everyone I think I think that Probably to get through my book, you will you will need some level of intellectual curiosity. Oh no! Um, but uh, but that's not to say that it won't have value if you don't. Um, it could be like a great uh, resource. I'm structuring it in a way where it's not you're not going to struggle to find something if you're just interested in someone brings up something and you're just curious about one idea. You, you know you can reference. Oh, they mentioned this this god character. Let's see what Dylan says about that. You know, so maybe we can make it into a radio theater. I, I thought about yeah, if I like because it's not finished yet. Obviously, if I can't get it published or for whatever reason or anything, I'm making it into like a, a YouTube series or yeah, like then a, have sound effects and yeah. all that. Yeah. and then people <laughs> falling and like and then put in some action. Yeah, also just to make you because the young people of today. Uh, do you feel it's uh, because you say you've been you, maybe you've been around too much hippies because you say that's the environment you're in now and they, that's like preaching to the choir you know and well, how are you going to reach out to those people that really needs to know about the so this? actually the, the like the audience that I'm really trying to appeal to with this book are people that completely reject astrology ah, okay. um, so anyone that thinks that it's that it's bullshit that it's pseudoscience all this stuff um, I, I'm sort of saying, okay, you're right in certain regards because astrologers that claim that astrology is a science are wrong, but that there is still value to be found in astrology as a, as, as a practice. Um, and to me, it has more to do with the fact that our, our brains evolved to see the world through a mythological lens. And that when you tap into that, it actually helps your thinking. It, it helps you organize your thoughts better and see things clearer. Like, um, you know, like if I'm if I'm super upset about something and shit in my life just keeps getting messed up over and over again. If I'm constantly focusing on all the minutia and details of it, it gets overwhelming and intense, and I just keep making more mistakes. But if I take a second and be like. Well, maybe this is, I'm just imagining, maybe maybe Loki is having a, uh, you know, he's taking the piss with me right now. He's, ha he's having some fun, right? Like, what would piss him off? And that's usually like something like calming down, having a laugh at the situation, just enjoying myself in the moment. He's going to get bored if he sees that because he wants to see you struggle and get frustrated. And, and that helps you calm down and, and collect yourself and figure out solutions to problems. So it's like the universe, the stars, is a, is a mini... 
mini system uh, or a great a big system yeah. but when you stand there look up at them uh, they're kind of like um, uh, also representing a map of uh, parts of your psychology totally it, you, you could even if, if it helps you you could even look at it and literally see it as a reflection of your brain being projected out into the universe you know it's yeah oh yeah i wanted to ask Kind of the same question. You, totally yeah. <laughs> you look totally spaced out yeah. there now. Like, is it because you're bored or is it because you're fascinated? I guess it's like uh, trying to figure out things, like question things. And yeah, it has something to do with psychology. So if you want to understand your neighbor better that is into, into science and put everything on the science, you should read this book because maybe then you could understand that person better because it will only work on a person that actually believes in it now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you have to be open-minded to the approach. Um, so there's, you know, there, there's all sorts of elements that I, that I work from that can't really be proven scientifically. Like, you know, you can't even really prove that the archetypes do exist. Um, there's, they seem logical in a large way, um, but, uh, it's 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 not science. Um, so you have to be willing to accept things like Jung's ideas or Joseph Campbell's ideas of the idea of the monomyth um, and and work from there. But I, I sort of believe in this principle. Again, I talked about the principle of utility. Like if you can't prove something, then integrate the ideas of that thing into yourself and put them into practice in your real life. And if you're, if things get better, that's evidence that that is true. And if things get worse, it's evidence that it's false. It's basically like humanity, all art of humanity, all wandering, all poetry is based on some kind of observation of nature and that influenced our inner creative uh, spark to, to reflect that what we experienced. And if we experience less of nature, we also experience less of that uh, existential quest that started art and started philosophy, totally. yeah. maybe. So it's like, a, it's, uh, it's like a call out to humanity to look at nature again. Yeah. Somehow. Totally. So, so I am it's skipping question now, jumping. Mm -hmm. As you, we were talking before a little bit and I was saying, yeah, but right now it's a lot of stars falling. Mm -hmm. And you said, yeah, it's because of something. Meteor showers. Meteor yeah. showers. And <clears throat> so I went outside and I saw, this, <laughs> I saw these stars falling and I was like, oh, it's, <clears throat> I wish for something. And then yeah. I saw another star falling out, like wishing again. Yeah. And there was more. I was like, okay, how long can I yeah, wish do, for things? Do we get and do we get our wishes through when we wish on a star? I think yeah. that wishing on a star is an incredibly productive thing. It it sort of gives you the opportunity to imagine a, a new reality in your mind, and that's the first step in manifesting anything. And it and it calls you to do that. When you see a falling star, it's like inspiring that in you, you know? So... When I wish upon a star Want to tell them all what they really are Hippy dippy shit with shiny eyes. Are you on drugs? Spinning stars that guide our road. Horoscope defies free will. More a horoscope sending you in universal patterns towards a well known nothingness that ends in eternity. What a great star I am born under. 
the space between the stars, to find my ignorance and sense my soul faster than the speed of light, that is the speed of nothingness, towards the great void where God laughs at the chaos, condensed into matter, a matter I have to feel, a matter I have to take serious, when I wish upon a star, when I wish upon a star. And yeah, like if, if we never saw them, if, if we never had that experience, we wouldn't have that myth wishing on a falling star and that we wouldn't have access to that. Um, yeah. So now people go outside and wish and manifest a great sexy world. Yeah. Or a big uh, meter, met meteor. 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 Yeah. And a big meteor, a big meteor crushing us all. Yeah. How big Maybe how we big should chance? lock Tommy inside how for the coming days. How big, no, how big chance is it how, for that? How do you think, do you think it's any chance at all? Because they claim that one finished off the dinosaurs. And it's like, we are so close to finishing uh, ourselves off as a human race. And so it would be like kind of a shame if a meteor, a meteor right now would just like <laughs> fucking hit us and we didn't manage to get that, at least that feeling of ego about that we were biggest and being destructive. Well, because so the, the universe would be like, no fucking way, you can't <laughs> get that. <laughs> you don't get that pleasure. Hair, bang. Is it a chance for us to get hit by this big rock? Um, interestingly, uh, Jupiter is such a massive planet that it tends to pull wandering bodies through our solar system towards it. Um, and, you know, the sun obviously does that as well. But there's evidence that Jupiter sort of acts as like a guardian of our solar system and prevents a lot of things from flying in and hitting us that would normally do that. So it's like a it's like a defense mechanism from from the universe. Or if, if, if it was designed, then it would certainly yeah be a defense mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, so how does the first something has to crash out U Jupiter uh, then yeah. something has to crash that and then it's not even a planet anymore they say so that's what it is is a defense mechanism. Yeah well it's it like for something to crush out Jupiter would be so massive that it would the moment it entered into the solar system it would affect so many things in huge ways that it would it would disrupt everything really quickly like, yeah so there we go back to that again the, yeah. the things uh, objects do affect our solar system or do affect the magnetic or the gravity or things we have no fucking clue about what is and then it affects my sex life uh, I, I think that in a way it's possible yeah but it's more in my mind, it's more that if you are looking to affect your sex life, if you want to improve your sex no, life. No, maybe, uh, maybe fine. There must be then like some certain days where a more, a more percentage of women are horny. Ah, okay. Well, that, that actually could be connected <laughs> Practical to... Practical thinking. Yeah. That, that could, so so you, you mentioned before like the, the, the connection between the menstruation and the moon. And, and technically in scientific terms, there's actually no evidence that there is a connection between those two things that it's there in, in scientific terms they view it as a coincidence um, but I I sort of tend to believe that a lot of cycles that happen around us are influenced by celestial phenomena and that you know that that's just a straight fact in terms of how the Sun affects us you know like uh, the cycles of the seasons affect whether or not plants grow and I think that the moon probably had the influence of 
like the full moon is a bright, bright time at night, and that excites people into celebration. Full moon is a wonderful time for having a party, right? Um, and in, in the early history of our evolution, it's totally possible that like the, that coincidence of the, of the full moon creating a brightness inciting us to party meant that people whose cycles were more connected to the lunar cycle more like we're more likely to reproduce because you're more likely to have sex at a party, right? Yeah, so. but it's also more likely that women have menstruation. Yeah, but that's that's like if it if it follows that cycle, then you're more likely to have sex on a monthly basis, and that's going to increase the chances of women who have their menstruation over the course of a month repeating like that more likely than to produce more offspring. Yeah, but I'm not talking about producing offspring. Yeah. I'm just talking about orgies and sex, yeah. like abusing the, or or learning about the pleasure yeah. of uh, sexuality that do not produce. And then actually having sex during menst menstruation, uh, actually you should use protection. And during menstruation, it's actually more easy to get infections and stuff. Also, so you should be extra careful. But if you're with a partner and you are both uh, healthy and fine, then then uh, a great uh, sexual blood ritual do have uh, a lot of power in the ideas of like old style like uh, kind of uh, romantic uh, view mm. on magic I, I i feel that myself actually like in in a large sense but it's um you know i've 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 definitely been like involved in the in the like with my wife's menstruation for example like um you know seeing it as this magical time and celebrating it with her and um you know weird stuff has gotten involved in that it can too, get, you know? it can, yeah i can get <laughs> but, a little bit far in these hippie yeah. scenes where like women sit around watching their blood uh, bringing yeah. their blood like pouring it out in bowls giving it the plants talking about how nice the blood is we should do this with uh, i don't have so many friends doing these sperm rituals yet but maybe it's something we can introduce in the mountain for the guys like <laughs> bring our sperm take our sperm around show we can exchange sperm and stuff <laughs> and talk about our sperm how much sperm we had how it tastes we have all learn how to eat our sperm like have a good relationship to our body uh, because i think and when i see women sometimes it seems they take it so much more serious yeah, I think I think that that relates to like you know women have this um, correlation with the lunar cycle in their bodies and and also I think the way that they evolved to like relate to other people is in generally there are always exceptions you know but generally like a more emotional spiritual uh, method and and that that or more fake it can uh, be because I, I, yeah. I, I many times it's just like. They're allowed to be much more emotional, but emotional doesn't have to all the time be honest in well, that way. It's like in a kind of like, like on a rainbow, for example, where you meet also guys and like, hey, brother, that will say brother to everyone yeah. and be like, oh, everyone's my brother. Yeah, in a way, everyone is, but then you shouldn't get pissed at people that don't handle exactly that type of energy. And sometimes they get, so it's like, yeah, then it seemed for me that it's not actually a friendly energy, that it's somehow a fake energy. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like women were allowed to play, much use emotions or play with emotions much more to get what they wanted. Like as, as like we, men before used raw power. And that's like somehow now in our society, not uh, good, good yeah. that it's not allowed to use that anymore. But somehow women also have the type of power. I think, yeah, to me, it's, it's like, I, well, for one, I wouldn't even say that women are more emotional than men. I, if I were to, if more I were to allowed, claim one, more allowed to show emotion yeah, or use emotion. I, to me, it's more like a matter of language. Is it's like women are are generally brought up to express themselves in an emotional language more, whereas 
men is more nowadays it's more like purely rational um and i think that it used to be more uh about expressing through like um uh, uh like a what would you call it a hierarchical aggressive status type of language you know um and that that certainly still exists but it's it seems like it's always trying to be like squashed in a way you know i don't um, know most musicians men male musicians are very good expressing their emotions with yeah. music yeah and creative art in general i, I totally think that I, like that's why i was gonna say if, if i were to say that one sex is more emotionally other i would probably actually say men are more emotional than women because but it's it depends on how you define emotional to me like i'm talking about expression i think uh, it's of emotions. Oh, sorry sorry yeah. sorry i i think it's about like that we actually are the same type of emotional but we are teached how much we are allowed to express our emotions just yeah. so simple as like Yeah, men are teached to wear uh, pants, and uh, women are teached to wear dresses. Yeah. So, so some places now where I come from, that's not existing anymore. That pattern, you can wear a dress if you're a guy, and people will still not look weird at you. Yeah. But if I do that here in the mountain, I express something totally different right away with that kind of attitude. So, so it's like it seems like we are pretty pro easy programmable and like a kind of following a lot of the structure that society gave us. And yeah. I think we are. We are as humans. I think we are. We should be emotional. We are the same type of emotional. But I think many times, this emotion, being emotional or being em having empathy, is something it seems that you can learn, or you can actually de-learn it. Like for example, yeah. on a business school or a modern uh, educational system where you teach to compete with each other. It's teach people to be psychopathic, to not have emotions. And many times that that was uh, before business was more for men. So they got more teached maybe that to keep their emotions hidden because showing emotion is a, is a weakness in mm. that kind of society. And it's just all sad. It's like a sad programming that makes us like uh, less or more emotional. But I, I don't think I don't think women are more emotional or men. I think it's all like uh, depending on the social programming or something. Yeah, I. I, 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 that's that's why I, yeah, I try not to like put it in those terms so much. It's more to me like what I can see about yeah, like you say, like how it's how it's expressed. Um, but I, I do think that there is some biological element to it, as as simple as going back to, you know, very early um, pre pre like Homo sapien, like our 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 evolutionary ancestors. Uh, like what what sort of roles were required of individuals in that. Um, In, in, in their in their social structures and and generally very often what you see with a lot of of human beings is that women have a more nurturing role and men a more protective role and that's but like, isn't it also like yeah but naturally because women have to have a, a child inside there but now we're not yeah. start, talking about stars at all but like yeah, let's put some stars into yeah, yeah the stars tell people <laughs> that that's how the sexual kind of a stereotypical relationship should be between man and woman. No, I don't know. It's like when you have a child inside, you only have to take care of it. Uh, that teach that kind of you get forced by nature to learn about compassion and and be with another person in a different way. I also yeah. see that like single fathers have it actually been proven that they develop a lot of the same empathic yeah there was this, this french guy that even developed lactation i think yeah uh, yeah it's thing, yeah that's crazy <laughs> yes, yeah. so i think it's a little bit about the, the role that nature has put in and that kind of uh, connects to the stars a little bit because it's like shows like maybe we don't have so much free will it's a lot about the the environment we're put into and in which time we're put into that environment will affect our 
our way of, of understanding emotion or understanding care or understanding mm. all this so differently. Yeah, I, um, I sort of think that again, it's it, you know you, you get you, you tend to get really bogged down not not you specifically but just in general we we tend to get really bogged down in in the semantics when when you get into this stuff and that really speaks to the limitations of like language in describing these really complex ideas. I so to to relate that to the stars like. I, I do see, yeah, roles that that we fill out, and and you can, you can generally draw lines uh, with gender in those. But there's also other, you know, age is a factor, um, and and hierarchical status. All these things affect the different type of role you play, and that those are part of the archetypal language. That it's it's th those are a natural product of evolution and biology but that as our brains evolved to be more complex to do things like pattern recognition we also applied that to the social structures around us and that's how we developed these mythological characters and and we did the same thing when we looked up at the stars it's that same sort of hardware applying itself to a new medium you know but the, the stars and the star, star constellations do they have gender also uh i mean you can if you if you sorry if you go through the mythological history of uh, and the astrological history of these things, you and you use that as evidence. You could you could draw some very clear gender lines on um, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Um, they've always been masculine, um, but Venus at different times has been male and it has been female, um, and Mercury uh, is often associated with masculine gods but in astrological terms it's typically thought of as androgynous and the moon has also been um, sometimes male sometimes female um, and the sun has it's only more recently since like the time of christ um and you know there, there are exceptions like there was the mesopotamian god utu who was the sun god and then of course there's many sun gods in the egyptian um pantheon but a lot of times the sun is seen as an aspect of the overarching sky god and i think it's more recently with the 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 myth of christ uh that the sun was really personified as like this this single entity the father figure or i i, I see i see christ mm -hmm. as sort of the um the ultimate individual the ultimate sovereign um He's uh, and I think that that's sort of the historical record too. If you look at what Christianity did to the culture of the people of Europe, is it eventually morphed into this culture of individualism? But Christ was about the idea of no matter who you are, what background you come from, you can elevate yourself to come into contact with God. And that's that's a new idea for that time. Like most of history, it's only the priests have contact with God. And then after that too, you know, the, the, ch the institution of the church itself also said that only we have contact with God. But the, the message of Christ itself is, is a bit more, it's very individualistic in that sense. Yeah, Leona, are you meditating? Meditating. <laughs> was, was, Christ, was Christ actually uh, from the stars? Was it Christ the alien that uh, they remade the story? It's so much from the Bible that was kind of uh, in the Old Testament that actually had a lot to do with uh, the solar system and the stars and things like this. But then it got narrowed down to kind of like a simple story uh, where that didn't really matter anymore. And that's what like they took also away that book of Enoch that has a lot of the, the esoteric ideas about the star system. It was something that was really important for humanity once upon a time, but still like, yeah, as these gender roles of the different planets, uh, you can say like, okay, 
should we trust these old people or can we just reinvent our own relationship to the stars and uh, what they represent for us? Would that be easier than trying to re like kind of reconstruct some kind of ancient knowledge that uh, we personally don't have any like kind of a personal relationship to anymore? Should we start on scratch or is it possible to use this Babylonian, Egyptian knowledge uh, in a way that doesn't just makes people like kind of esoteric morons? Um, I think that if you do that, you'll come to the same conclusions as those as those ancient peoples. And so you can. So you think they're right? I think I think that they are they're 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 specific. Um, the, the details of what they're talking about are unique to them. And, and if we were to do the same thing, we would associate, you know, um, characters from, I don't know, Marvel movies or something, you know, with, with the planets, if we were to do that ourselves. But the fundamental abstract idea will be the same. So if we would take a kid, lock, a newborn baby, lock it inside in a room, and when it's about six, seven years old and start to speak pretty good, we take them outside in the forest and show them the different stars and things, and they will still think the same, um, come to the same conclusion. Well, I mean, if you do that to a child, you're probably doing some serious psychological damage to them. That if would, that ignore, would disrupt that. If you ignore yeah. that. I don't know. Getting yeah. born in this yeah. society seems to be pretty psychologically destructive for most people. Also, being too, like, yeah. I don't know, being kept in a safe bubble for all upbringing, maybe. Maybe it will make a more stable child. We don't know now. So it's like, uh, it seems to be pretty traumatic, the world we live in. Yeah, but I, in, 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 if, if, we're, if we're yeah meeting you on the terms of, of your um, idea there, then I think, yeah, you would, because it's, it's, it's part of the inherited structure of the psyche. It's something that comes from our biology and, and the way that we evolve to perceive the world around us that they they're going to need some point of reference in order to talk to you about the ideas that they're having so then you have to introduce them to some culture in that sense otherwise if all they've seen in their life are four blank walls oh that's true language yeah. is already yeah so it's damn it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so so uh, okay now now i i live i live in a fucked up situation on this planet right now i live in a situation where i think humanity have lost total possibility to save our planet maybe i say something different tomorrow to try to lift it up and be more positive <laughs> but then i'm like okay like, do you think this can save us like, do you think people learning more about the stars and symbolism in the stars, could, could it help us to get a better relationship to nature again? I think that any time an individual takes power into themselves and seeks to become um, a independent being capable of, uh, of maneuvering in this complex world better than they already do, then they do a better thing for the planet itself. Um, I, I feel like the, the the thing that got us into this situation, and I'm I'm not I'm not totally convinced on the idea that everything's fucked because I just feel like we it's just impossible to know enough to say that for sure. Oh, I really. But but uh, I believe that the Earth is flat, also I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
like you you can you could even I, I suppose in my book like you would kind of need to accept a a round um, heliocentric model in order to to really understand it but if you're open-minded enough you could even approach my book from a flat earth perspective and probably still get something out of it I think um, because it's not really dependent on the current scientific model it's it's more just looking at I only I only reference the current scientific model as a way to support the idea that there are archetypal ideas associated with planets, and you know that that extends to the way that modern astronomers look at these planets. They 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 look at it and they and they characterize it by certain words, um, material ideas, and it often seems to relate to the mythological characters. So so and uh, you think that the world is just an illusion, and that's how we can save it by like changing ourselves, then we project that magically as an ejaculation out of our soul into the universe, changing the world magically with our mind and I, I certainly intention. think yeah, I certainly think we have that power. I don't I don't know enough to say if the world is an illusion because yeah, that's just beyond me. But it's it's more about like there are things that I can say, you know, like uh, I feel good right now. That's that's something that I can certainly say and is true. Um, or that you know I can I can point to something you know material and be like that is iron right there and you can agree with me yes that is iron we've called that iron yeah, but i don't thing. agree on that i feel good right now <laughs> like i'm just yeah 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 so it's like yeah so you're you're now like made me feel worse because <laughs> now like i know i can't get feeling so good so easy <laughs> so it's like okay now we have a problem well yeah. I, I was excited to come here i was like oh man i fuck, i love scandinavians they're so much fun i want to <laughs> hang out with them and like yeah and i'm excited really. to talk about my book and like yeah so. yeah so no no yeah. how long time now uh, we are actually on the end of this little program uh, it's been a birthday show for all the astrological creatures out there in the universe let's say it's a it's a birthday show for all the aliens that we haven't got to know <laughs> yet and uh, we are here with an uh, expert on astrological philosophy or something like that. And uh, how long time uh, do we have to wait before we can start to read and really like judge you on um, your uh, ideas and philosophy yeah. with this book? I'm hoping that I can send it off to publishers um, within the next year. Um, but I'm also uh, like constantly sort of putting my ideas out there on um, social media. So if you search the name of my book and the name of my social media stuff is Astrology Demystified or Astro Demystified, like Instagram at Astro Demystified, I think. Um, then I'm, I'm, I'm posting pictures of um, stars, if I can get a good enough picture of them, or if not, just a, a snapshot of um, Stellarium, um, the app for stargazing on my phone. Um, and then talking about what's going on. Um, the Great Conjunction is a big thing on people's minds right now. So if you're interested in that, I'm talking a lot about that. So Why is that a big thing right now? It's the first time in um, 20 years that Saturn and Jupiter are conjunct, um, like Amazing. occupying the same position in and the sky. And what happened then? So uh, traditionally, it's seen as a time of um, like overturning old orders and implementing something new. Um, like, Revolution time. Yeah, Jupiter Jupiter represents the archetypal um, sovereign, powerful adolescent. Saturn is the archetypal um, patriarch, uh, the old order. So it's, it's Jupiter overtaking Saturn in that sense. That's literally what's happening in the sky. And so it's that character overtaking that other character. And so... And it, and it happens to be that since it's every 20 years with the degrees of the ecliptic, it, it happens for about 200 years, always within the same element of the zodiac. 
So recently it's been happening in earth elements for about the past 200 years. Um, and now for the first time it's moving into an air element. So this is like a bigger great conjunction. And then there's a grand conjunction when it's moved all the way around the zodiac and, and starting back again in Aries. Um, and yeah, each one is sort of ushering in a new age. Um, like the, the, I think it's called the, the Kali Yugra. Kali Yuga. Yeah, yeah, Kali. That, that, that began with the last grand conjunction. Um, and there's other coincidences, like there have been great conjunctions happening at the time of the birth of Muhammad. Or um, so uh, we are kind of expecting big things to happen right now. Jesus coming back as yeah. a, with the aliens at so the same time. If if you subscribe to traditional astrology, then yeah, you would expect that. My my perspective on it is that it's a time to think about that idea. That's it's reminding us to look at the sky and see the young overtaking the old and integrate that into ourselves and remember that that that's part of who we are. We are. There's, there's, there is a, a young adolescent in us, and there is an old paranoid uh, father in us, and they're always at odds. Sometimes they're even working together. But the sky is telling us right now to imagine the young overtaking the old. And you can actually see it. Yeah, exactly. So you can see it in the stars yep, right you now. Can, you can look at it every night and see Jupiter edging closer and closer to Saturn, and eventually it will, it will Where, move past it. Which direction should we look at? Um, right now, if you look at uh, the western sky after the sun goes down, it, they should be the first two stars you see in the western sky. Um, they'll be uh, very, very close, one on top of the other. And they'll they'll stay there until dark, and in a little while after it gets dark, and then eventually set below the horizon as so well. So this is really important information for you people out there that uh, this is happening right now. It's a time to do what? What's the time? What? What? How? How do I ma manifest my life into the best way? You said like by reflecting. Yeah, exactly. By meditating, reflecting. That's something we should have done long time ago. Okay, <laughs> so it's about time, humanity. This is a time to like reflect on what the fuck we did. To our planet and to each other and to ourselves, I guess something like that. And then, what should we do? Feel bad yeah. about ourselves? Or no, I think I think so. If if we're reflecting on the state of the planet, we can certainly see how the old order has really corrupted and and disenfranchised the youth in our in our current world. No one really feels optimistic. It feels like to me right now, um, most people are depressed about the state of things. And um, from my perspective, as, as also a student of history, what I see is that has a lot to do with the idea of like top-down uh, organization of of just relinquishing all of all of the power to a centralized power like a government, and just letting them handle everything. And they don't know what they're doing, but they're going to try and control everything and, and make it all work from the top down. We've been doing that for a long time now, um, and it's it's not working. Um, we need more of what a lot of people call like a grassroots movement. Like, and and that's it relates again to this idea of individuals need to empower themselves and take full responsibility for their place in this world. Okay, then I mean, I've been studying humans uh, in different environments and political grassroots movements also, and I will say that uh, I think we're fucked. I don't <laughs> think we have any chance of developing fast enough to save this shit. I think it's <laughs> assholes everywhere. It's like Certainly, if I, if yeah. I nice people uh, in in uh, places where you thought you couldn't find nice people also and now it seems like also the gr grassroots movement just like uh, anything popular also get taken over by the commercial and uh, yeah. you saw this like uh, the planet of the humans this documentary that uh, exposed no, it exposed a lot of the green technology as being hipster bullshit yeah. made by people just making money and it's basically polluting even more than old techniques so I don't know. Yeah, maybe we have a chance. Maybe we're just like living this illusion and us, 
we depressed people are making it worse by influencing giving wishes to the stars in the wrong way and we are actually fucking up this planet more okay then it's true what you said before then you should fucking bury me down in some kind of ritual fast i'm sorry everyone that listens out there i don't want to influence anything with my negative energy now oh, everything's fine oh wow now i just changed now everything is great now like yeah we have a great future we will unify as one big tribe gazing the stars for eternity in love together and that uh, yeah that's the future of humanity I, i think that it's it's a mix of of both like what's really cool about looking at the evolutionary history of our species is that we evolved all of the things that we evolved that make us unique, you know, like these opposable thumbs and walking upright, the loss of body hair and all of our um, inventions like agriculture, tools, all these things, they all came about because of like severe environmental disaster, things going really wrong. And we did make it through it. And that's the thing that gives me hope. But the other side of that is that every time we made it through it, it was a small amount of us that made it through it. Yeah, but that is not negative. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it like, depends how you see it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. So, uh, okay, l- uh, now in the end, uh, we've been uh, listening a little bit about stars. We don't know so much yet. The book will come out soon, so we will put links to to, the, to your projects and what you said before uh, down. Uh, so you can go down there and see. If you want to know more about the stars and how they can influence us, go down and check out that. And now in the end, uh, do you give us some hope? You said you're more hopeful than us, or give us some words about how we can use this information to be more inspired. Um, I feel like anyone that takes the time to immerse themselves in any aspect of nature and the 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 cosmos, the heavens, the stars, the sky is an aspect of nature. Anyone that takes the time to really put themselves in that will activate um, deep, deep ingrained aspects of themselves in um, sort of little superpowers um, that will that will really strengthen you and and enrich your life and make you feel um, more in touch with the world. It's not to say that you won't have your down days and be depressed, but You'll you'll also have the opposite, um, and and that if you just you know keep on in that sense, you'll live a good life. Oh, wow. Well, I, I I lived in nature for six years. I looked at the stars. I I, I really re- appreciate the sunrise and sunset and stuff. But I still like have this like issue with not feeling like completed. Uh, that's good (laughs) you shouldn't feel completed you should feel like you're you're going somewhere that's am i going some you feel you're going somewhere leona i'm definitely going somewhere i think so i'm pretty (laughs) sure okay we're all going somewhere now we're going off uh (laughs) off uh, line Uh, thank you for listening to bipolar circle and the birthday show of our whole uh, fucking universe that was the first birthday that messed up everything for us, that put us in this existential crisis, beautiful crisis of pain and amazing orgasms. Thank you for the big fucking gangbang in the universe and uh, continue to have a amazing gangbang, big gangbang, starry birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you guys. So you listen to our birthday.
birthday show until the end and are now ready to listen to the most crazy sexual adventure from the linguist? Okay, here it go. When I was in the mid-twenties, me and my travel mate, long time, fuck buddy, most often, most beloved, one were sitting in the port of Riga at some trashy contemporary art space and drinking lovely Baltic booze. When a flock of clowns joined us, all of them elderly men, together with a young sword swallower. And they joined us and we drank. And after a while, somebody pulled out some glossy porn magazine and they started talking and drank down on the shit. And we were having a drunk circle jerk. And the two of us decided to go off on some abandoned and fenced off ship that was in a harbor there. And we went on top deck where there was nothing except for one share. So of course we decided to have sex there. And I got a sort of blood phobia, so we decided to do anal on that share. When the photographer that was with them all of a sudden showed up and filmed us, which was kind of funny. We still don't know if there's a stolen porn from us on the internet. If so, it would be awesome if we could see it. However, the ugly old bald clown showed up with his flappy wiener in his hand and offered it to my travel mate, long time fuck buddy, most often most beloved one who declined. Three times you remember, then she pushed him off. Between now we know why his wiener is so wrinkly, because he hangs weights from the foreskin. So after a while he bugged off, but the sad loser tossed my pants overboard. The young sword swallower was also somewhere around, shouting in pain because he sprang his ankle when he fell to the lower deck. He probably stole my sheep ass camera and tried to get away with it. It contained mostly riggers, street art and Latvik landscape. Lucky fella. We gathered my stuff and continued our drunk happy snoo snoo away from the silly bunch of elderly clowns on some dirty outside couches somewhere else in the artsy harbor site. That was my most crazy sexual experience. I remember I felt pretty good pumping ass and being sat on the hot summer night, sweating drunk in a cool harbor breeze under laws of Baltic stars. Fuck, 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 The stars, do they control me? Do I have free will? I don't know. If the stars and the planets control me, that's another step on the road to realize and just admit that I have no fucking free will and like driven by my nature and sometimes also by the spinning rocks I haven't even seen. Far, many millions of light where, no, maybe not that far, but like many far, far, far away. Yes. Conclusion is, I'm still confused, I'm not sure I believe in this or not, but there is something in it, no? There are something, we are definitely influenced uh, by different, different elements like water, fire, earth, all the elements do influence us, so uh, the universe is connected to this and you definitely see that the moon uh, do influence the menstruation of women, do influence uh, high water or low water, uh, so my dick also do contain uh, a certain amount of water, I guess like uh, probably 80% water. So, so you're saying your dick stands harder on full moon? 
Maybe that's why it's more we are more horny on full moon then because uh, women are known to have more water in their bodies and men have probably more water in their penis and it goes probably faster up and women also get faster horny around full moon uh, since water is like an element of emotions, no? Sounds could be something in that. Yeah, okay. Anyway, let's see. I will experiment. Uh, Lex full moon, let's We can't really judge uh, Dylan right now because we haven't read this book, so we're waiting for this book coming out. If I get more fucked, if I get more loved or more uh, successful in any part of my life based on his astrological knowledge, I will tell you people. I will tell you people to check out the book. You can also check out the book uh, when it comes. We will put some links uh, under so you can check out what's happening. The book will soon come out and then uh, maybe we can learn to to catch the moment to catch the flow based on the stars and the planets and until then and we are more confused about uh, if we are free will or did we choose actually to go out or did we get fucking pushed out by the stars or a planet into this world today what do you think i think it's magical or everything is magical and i don't know yeah it's so good, good to say everything is magical <laughs> everything is god everything is a bullshit it's like yeah it, it explained a lot and until we maybe found our lucky star um, have a great uh, wish upon the star birthday happy planet birthday <laughs> <laughs>